Yeah, I'm trying some new softwares, which allows me to do some fancy things, like, for instance, uh, this. Smoky nuts. Do you hear that? Uh, <laughs> make a stop. <laughs> you like it? Uh. How you like me now? It depends. Am I supposed to hear trumpets? <laughs> there it is. You mean trombones, you philistine? Whoops. Anything I have to say. This is really cheering me up. <laughs> I'm so excited to like have the these sound effects at my fingertips. It'll save me yeah, so I don't much have any time. I don't have anything that I want you to play. <laughs> I, not on this album. Yeah, not on this album. Whoops. <laughs> I forgot that I looped that. God damn it, dude. <laughs> Shut up, you like it. Don't lie. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Think Outside the Box Set. Papow! It's a podcast. And that <laughs> podcast is about learning to appreciate an artist's back catalog. And with you on this journey through the podcasting medium into artists that you shan't have known is your brave, brave guides in the lead, your host, Nathan Hunt. Abracadabra, boom shaka bay, I mean day, fuck. You messed that Take up two. last time too, but what's your name? Abracadabra, boom shaka day, I'm Cameron DeWitt in a back like a vertebrae. He said, and I'm not very excited about it. This is a really bad album. You're cheering me up a little bit, though, because <laughs> uh, in about the last 15 minutes, you've just been playing with your new sound effects board, and uh, I think that's probably the only thing that's going to save this episode, because I, <laughs> I don't have much funny things to say. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cameron, what if I told you that there are people who consider this the best Insane Clown Posse album ever? Who who does who does that? Who can who does that considering? So who could possibly? <laughs> you remember you remember our pal Zach Middleton? Yeah, uh, he is friends with a guy who writes for the Willamette Week in Portland. Okay, you remember the Willamette Week? I do. Yeah, it's an alternative weekly in Portland, and uh, Zach has worked for them and written some stuff for them. He's friends with a guy named Walter McMurdo, and back in 2015. Walker wrote an article where he ranked all the extant ICP albums at the time, all 13 of them, and he put the amazing Jekyll Brothers at the top. Why? He says, Insane Clown Posse have arrived. The amazing Jekyll Brothers sees a distinctive shift in songwriting away from the meandering narrative rap of the first four albums toward tight pop arrangements, which suit their bombast remarkably better. 
Mm. Familiar rap elements are beefed up with significantly more nuance thanks to Mikey Clark's meticulous production and guitarist Legs Diamonds, tasteful flourishes, and the album is allowed to breathe with genuinely funny skits and high-profile features from Um, Snoop Dogg hmm. and Old Dirty Bastard. (laughs) The amazing Jekyll Brothers sees... Genuinely funny skits, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The amazing Jekyll Brothers sees ICP hit their stride and transform the clunky rock elements of the great Malenko into a varied, seamless rap rock classic. Man, I don't know about... I mean, I do know about that. I profoundly disagree. Yeah. Yeah, the more, I think, the more I, time I spend I with think it. This, I think this is a cleaner album in terms of um, the production. Like, it's definitely, like, smoother. There's less awkward flow in it. And uh, the production... You mean production, flow rapping flow? Rap. The rap, yeah. I think the rap is better. Is it? I but didn't really notice I, the difference. I mean... I don't think there's any songs where Violent J is just going like he has like a bunch of songs like that and well maybe there's one song without a flow at all in any way I don't know which one you're referring to Echo Side oh yeah there's there's not even rapping it's just like they're ponderously reciting bad poetry yeah I sort of tuned out at that point yeah pretty much um, the, well, on the plus side, Cameron, this album is slightly shorter than the Great Malenko. Man, it, it sure felt longer, though. Yeah, it does. But instead um, of seventy minutes, it's sixty-nine minutes. Hey, okay. nice. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> ah, there's that sexy number I love so well. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sex number. Remember? Uh, yeah. That's why it's cool. Yeah. Um, well, I got my Genma Cha. I got my fancy chocolate. I got your sound effects. I, I'm going to make it through, but I'm going to try my best to not have this. Who could ask for anything more? An episode. <laughs> I, I could. I wish we were still talking about, about Garth Brooks at the moment. I kind of do, too. Um, I. I actually got this, this, po- uh, this comment on a Patreon post. Like, you probably also saw this. Did you see it from Ethan? Ethan, yeah, I I was in the middle of doing stuff, so I didn't give it a a, a very good read. But oh, what did he say? It's short. It's short. I'll read it to you. Hey guys, I just listened to this bonus EP, the one that we released for the Garth retrospective, um, and I've got to say it was extremely enjoyable. It was interesting to hear Robert's take on each of Garth's album. We had a um, a guest star. Yeah, name of Robert T. Collins. Emphasis on star. Yeah. Yes. He's a real professor. Um, yep. Uh, basically a celebrity. Uh, it was interesting to hear Robert's take on each of Garf's albums. He spelled Garf with an F, which is Hell yeah. Great. My um, man. And after, and after that first ICP episode, it was a relief to briefly revisit music that doesn't make me feel so uncomfortable and barfy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to bo- future bonus episodes and to seeing what form they take. Um, so that's like... When I read that, I was like, yeah, I I wonder, I wonder what effect this is having on our listeners. Just listening to like little snippets of it, you know, yeah. and like it, it's very important to me that this show can still be like entertaining. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, a, I'm not a comedian. My. A boy, aren't I you? Like- <laughs> you don't have to, trust me, you don't have to tell me that. Yeah. Boy, <laughs> howdy. I, I can't. I can't just like, you know, spin gold out of like nothing. You know what I mean? Like in order for me to be entertaining, I, 
you know, charismatic. I I have to be charmed by something and enthusiastic about something. Yeah, you know, me too. even if it's silly, you know, and it's like man, Garth really just hit that sweet spot, didn't he? Yeah, he's so perfect, such a perfect which man. Is, which is why I I really I really want to look into Alanis Morissette for a future season because I I really hmm. feel like she'll like um have a similar vibe. Um, but yeah, so far ICB has been a really interesting experiment. Um, but, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm feeling very cautious after listening to this episode yeah. and, and hesitant about continuing. I don't know if I can take another blow like this. Yeah, man. Do you really think it's that much worse than their first album or, or parts of the second album? Well, okay. So overall, the mu- there's a lot of the like rap rock in this like it really leaned into it yeah and a lot of the production just like the quality of the music um it may have been put together better but i really dislike the aesthetic um mm. i thought it was really queasy and like kind of dark and moody in a way that wasn't fun it was unpleasant yeah it was unpleasant and that's that's saying something for yeah. It was less like sort of a a goofy dark carnival and more of a like just dreary dark carnival. Yeah, and I was reading I was reading about like this. Um, I guess in nineteen ninety eight, Violent J. This is like right before they really re- uh, recorded this album. Yeah, uh, Violent J. Like had a panic attack during a performance on stage. Yeah, um, on stage and like had to be carried off and was like hospitalized. And that's when he, um, he cut off his dreads actually. He had these long, right. greasy, stringy dreads. Both of them did. And Jay oh. cut his off on stage during his panic attack. Yeah. I just, like, wonder... It feels like they're not in a good place. Yeah. <laughs> right now. You know? Like, they're having a bad time. There's a lot of really angry songs that aren't funny. And and don't feel self-righteous. I mean, sorry, they don't feel like they're righteous anger. Yeah. You know? It's funny you bring that up because Wikipedia says that uh, Violent J recalled the period as an angry era for the group after the great Malenko due to all of the... What are you doing? Mm, Is this really loud? (laughs) It is. I don't know if it's getting picked up ultra loud on your non-Skype mic. Don't don't mind me. (laughs) Okay. I guess I'll cut it out. chocolate. I need this. (laughs) Um, Sorry, where was I? (laughs) (laughs) Cameron, you're making a lot of noise eating that chocolate (laughs) Jeez, Cameron Anyway, anyway So after the Great Malenko ICP got a lot of negative press directed toward them. They used to keep two piles of press at their office. One pile was all the positive press, which was under an inch tall. Then they had the negative press pile, which was (laughs) spilling over the side of a full basket. And Wikipedia says, as a result, the amazing Juckle Brothers was recorded as a release for their anger. And it really Mm. comes out, I would say. Yeah, but it's such petty anger. And their, their anger in earlier stuff was like... Even though, even when it was sort of like misguided and like troubling, I really cared about it for a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. That said, we're being kind of negative towards this album right now, but I think a couple of these songs are actually really good. And there are a couple that are yeah. pretty fun. I agree. Yeah. 
But I got really, really mad after one of the songs. And then like pretty soon afterwards, I got uh, really, really mad again. And it kind of soured the whole rest of the experience for me. Yeah, I think I know which so, ones you're talking about. And at least one yeah, of them is not sure necessarily ICP's fault, but we'll get there. Um, right. So <laughs> there's a funny backstory that I read later. For yes. That. Yeah. Um, so this album is called The Amazing Jekyll Brothers, and it is a Joker's card album focused on these two characters named Jack and Jake Jekyll. And basically one is good and one is bad. And they are these spirits who are juggling balls of fire and they appear out of candle flames. And the fireballs they juggle are the sins committed by the person that they're judging or something it's never super clear and it never really like becomes a guiding metaphor for the album. It's kind of like this side story that appears in a few tracks and two of the tracks are essentially the same song with slightly different lyrics. Yeah. The amazing Jekyll brothers. Yeah. Were you, were you amazed? Mm, I was amazed that they got Snoop Dogg to appear on their album. Although I guess they had slash last one. I feel like they really sucked his dick on that one too. Snoop. Yeah, yeah, you would too if Snoop was going to appear on your song. I mean, I would at least. I don't know about you, but they they already paid him fifty thousand dollars, forty thousand dollars, in a briefcase okay. <laughs> under the table. He didn't want his record company involved or to take a cut. They just wanted ICP to show up and give him a briefcase filled with forty thousand dollars. Is that true? Apparently, and so that's, they that's what they did. Like uh, that's a great story, Pulp Fiction style. Huh? Yeah. Uh, well, do you want to get into it then? Get into the song yeah. discussions? If I get into it, you mean get over it. I mean, get it over with. <laughs> get, get over it. it all over. Well, the sooner you get it over with, the sooner you can get over it. So yeah. let's talk about the song called Intro. Hello there, sir. Well, I'll tell you, I lived around here all my life. I never once noticed this place. You need a sign out there or something, buddy. Probably brings some business to the joint. Yes. How may I help you today? I'm looking for some kind of a, some kind of clock or something. Something for the old man. He collects old shit like this, and I figured, I figured I'd get him something. Yeah. You you heard the the setup. Guy goes to an antique shop to buy some old shit for his for his old man, and. uh the shopkeeper um, goes on to insist that the man take this candle, um, and he says, "Witness, friend, witness the light of the amazing Jekyll Brothers." Jekyll Strikes Brothers. The match. Yeah, sugar water. Um, <laughs> Give me sugar <laughs> in water. Uh, the protagonist I, on the genius it says that he's the protagonist, which yeah, is weird. I don't. Maybe of this yeah. one skit. Yeah, the the man who the goes album. to shop to shop at the antique shop, uh, he gets kind of spooked, and uh, yeah, and then we never hear from them again. Yeah, he's more of collateral yeah. damage than anything. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. I don't really have much and to say about. And that's the whole thing. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the insinuation is that he lights the match, and then appearing in the candle flame are the Jekyll brothers, right? Which is. Okay, I mean it's a it's a pretty short thing. It's just basically a setup for the next song, which is called Jake Jekyll. Meet one half of the juggling duo. That is your soul. I'm talking about Jake Jekyll. Jack throw another Jake, catch one more. They'll try to catch all that's in store for you. Many souls will fall from the sky for you. Many souls burn, wondering why. Jack throw another Jake, catch one more. So this song opens with. 
some Gregorian chant, which I didn't put in this snippet just now. Uh, and then Jay introduces Jake, Jake Jekyll. He's the just brother, quote unquote. And they say the path to Shangri-La, which is their analog of heaven, is led by he, led by you. Ooh, he is of your positivity. He is of your love. Meet one half of the juggling duo. That is your soul I'm talking about. Was that a kiss sound effect or did you just actually kiss? I actually kissed. I made my own sound effect. Very, I can still do that. It was a really good one. Oh, thank you. I've, I've heard many compliments about my kisses. Yeah. <laughs> People say they're very good and they taste heard it, nice. I heard it through the, the grapevine. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of kissing, there's some nice tongue action on, uh, <laughs> Violet J does this really fun thing where he's, uh, he's saying, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but the way he's, he does is like tonguing, like is pretty fun and enjoyable. If only we had like a little sample uh, of that. I forgot to cue it up, <laughs> goddammit. I'll put it in. <laughs> um uh, uh, no, well, we'll we'll just we'll just we'll just cut it in after this. Okay. Um silence and then Oh, what a great sample you you prepared. Wow, cool sample. <laughs> Wasn't that great, Cameron? Boy, that sure was swell and uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so rappers in the nineties really loved saying things like boom, shaka, boom, or boom, shaka day, or I don't know, just weird nonsense, things like that. And yeah. one of these shows up in the album, in this song where it says boom, ba boom, boo, 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 boom, shaka, boom. Ha 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 ha. Uh-huh. <laughs> it reminds me of this song, uh, this song that, uh, my son wrote, I believe he sang it for you. I don't know if you remember it. Uh, nope. Uh, it's, so I, I was trying to get him to eat dinner one day. He's three and, um, he was just standing up in his chair and just sort of like lightly twerking <laughs> against the table. And and then he started singing, shake your butts, boom, boom, shake your butts, boom, boom. <laughs> Not butt singular, but butts. <laughs> and, and he's just like shaking his butt. And I was like, did you write that? He said, yeah, I wrote it. <laughs> Hell yeah. So he's a little... He's a prodigy. Yeah. Precocious. Just like just like his old man. Yeah. <laughs> were you writing uh, butt songs when you were three years old too? Oh, so many. Great. All right. Twerking hard or hardly twerking? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> See, Cameron... I can say all the stupid jokes that I want because after the joke, I can play the sound effect and either the joke is enhanced by the sound effect and becomes funny by the sound effect, or it's a meta commentary, anti-humor, ironic usage of the sound effect. Yeah. And that loops around to being funny too. I can't lose. Yeah. This, it's, these sound effects are the best yeah. thing that ever happened to me. It's definitely, definitely going to work, <laughs> especially that latter one. Hell yeah. Everyone still loves anti-humor. <laughs> I'd say I'm more anti-anti-humor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pro-anti-anti-humor, I guess you could say. Yeah. Anti-humor is Your my favorite. Post-post-post-humor. Yeah. Anyway, uh, tell me about Bring It On, the movie starring, uh, gosh, Eliza Dushku and what's-her-face, the other one, I forget. Can't nobody get with this, motherfucker. Bring it on! 
So this is a Welcome to the Dark Carnival song. Um, it's basically just a, a bragging song. It's just like a, hey, this is what we do and we do it really well kind of thing. Uh, and uh, it's pretty it's pretty catchy. I, I like it pretty well, actually. Um, the the hook, the, the chorus is like, it's just people yelling, bring it, bring it, bring it over and over again. I think they want you to bring um, it. I think they do. Uh, and there's this like really uh, anxious sort of frenetic, fr- frenetic, chromatic organ work. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it's like pretty effective. And I think it kind of sets up the like, hey, this is like a, a really aggressive album um, vibe. Yeah. Pretty well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Violent J, Shaggy, Serial Killers with Style. Fashions of the 2000s and beyond. And beyond. The 3000s. The next millennium of ICP. Or next millennium, I guess. Okay. (laughs) What do you you think this is? What do you think this means? Jekyll, drop ball, Shangri-La dies. That's a little moment. Yeah, yeah. That's a a distillation of what the Jekyll brothers means. Um, One of them's good and one of them's bad. And I think the bad one is throwing fireballs to the other one and if the good one catches them and keeps juggling them the person that they're judging can go to shangri-la but if the good one wait hold up where are you getting all this bullshit it's like it's on wikipedia it's in their liner notes or something it's definitely not in the text of any of these songs all right okay yeah i mean that's that's their mo this entire time like they they they're jokers cards they have these sort of loosely defined concepts that have extremely specific fleshing out on their liner notes right much more than appears but in the songs i feel like this one is their their least defined like they they follow up with it the least especially because there's supposedly so much like backstory and mechanics involved of these flame genie spirits from candles tossing fireballs at each other while they're judging someone's soul it's like Right. There's a lot going on, and it's the least explained in the lyrics of the songs. Yeah. We'll explore more when we do our uh, bonus episode where we play the ICP role-playing game <laughs> that actually does exist. Yes, it does. <laughs> oh, man. That's going to be a hell of a thing. If we don't give up on ICP before then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. That'll be our reward, our, our Shangri-La. Yeah. Boy, will it ever. Um, I'm not a big fan of the verses. It's J and two dub trading lines back and forth, which I like that. That's, that's all right. Um, but they're just, oh, it's all the same. They're all the same rhythm again. It's, it's another one of these songs where it's like, da, 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 da. It's just like every line is in the same cadence. It's monotonous. Yeah. It's not, not fun to listen to. Uh, although the, the chorus I do like, that call and response, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it, and then the response, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. Uh, what do you think about what do you think about this? Um, Shag's too dope, serial killer, axe murder boy, wig cap peeler. I can wear a filler jacket and look fresh. I pimp it like David Koresh was. <laughs> uh, well, it's uh, it's an awkward line break in jamment. That's one thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm not really sure how to take that. I mean, I acknowledge the reference, but 
the bre- the branch Davidians, <laughs> the branch or Dravidians, Dravridians, <laughs> I think is how it's pronounced. Um, uh, I mean, what do you think? How are we supposed to take that? I don't remember what they did. did they, were they some sort of cult? They were the Waco standoff, right? Oh, right. Isn't there a movie coming out about that? I think there's a movie coming out. I don't know. For <laughs> seems exploitative. Oh, yeah. Um. Uh, here's here's a line. Uh, people think I got bombs in my locker. Teacher tried to open it up. I'm a soccer. <laughs> that's that's a very like innocuous 1950s way of describing punching someone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a weird hate of musical instruments. Fuck your drum kit, xylophone, and cello. I'm a wicked clown, bitch. Hello. Yeah. What? You, I'm pretty sure they've used all of those instruments on their songs. <laughs> So, yeah. Oh, also, also, there's this one beautiful line that apparently got referenced in an episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, the Mm. weird animated show that I couldn't bring myself to watch more than five minutes of. Um, But they reference these lines, I'll hypnotize you like a vampire, bite your neck, and set your head on fire. Um, And then one of the... That does... (laughs) I think I have seen that episode where they say that. Yeah, one of the characters is like, are those actual ICP lyrics? Yeah, and then one of the characters says of the line, "I'll hypnotize you, then bite your neck, then set your head on fire." There's like one one item in there that is not necessary. You can take your pick. <laughs> Which I I good. get the point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's go on to the next one, and this one is called "I Want My Shit." Smoky nuts. After that, they started bowing and shit. Bowing to me. I said, get off my dick, I ain't a savior. I'm what you call a juggalo, and all I want is my flavor. Four simple things in this bitch before I die. I wanna watch the axe! <laughs> this song, I think, is kind of a standout. I liked it quite, quite a bit. Uh, this is probably my favorite or maybe second favorite one. Yeah, there, there's another one that is much more serious, but also very interesting. But this one is yes. very fun uh, yeah. because it's about a juggalo that was born in 1970, or sorry, fuck, 1775. And I don't know if that's a reference to the American Revolution or not, but Jay says, my daddies were a two-headed freak show. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Violent Jay has two daddies. <laughs> you know that, that uh, children's book. Um, and he says, mama, a fortune teller, Esmeralda Zella. Anyway, they had sex on a Ouija board and I was born the next day. I know it's odd that my face is forever painted. When I was born, the bitch ass doctor fainted. Um, so he just kind of wanders this earth getting into scripts and scrapes. He's, he's actually, he's very much a uh, X-Men origins Wolverine style figure because he fights in the civil war. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But he only wants four things before he dies. He wants a rusty axe. He wants to know voodoo. He wants a fat bitch named Bridget and a little bitty itty drop of Fago. Yeah, it's so those are the conditions. Like he he says, I will not die until I get these things. Yeah. Those don't seem those don't seem that hard to acquire. Like <laughs> Well, I mean you don't know how hard it is to learn voodoo. That's true. Yeah. And maybe, maybe if... I mean, that, but 300 years? That's If that's the only way he can die, I would studiously avoid any fat bitches named Bridget. I would get the hell away from Fago, <laughs> okay. and I would never learn how to do voodoo. 
And I would keep my yeah. axes highly polished to a mirror finish yeah. with no rust at all. Because rust never sleeps, Cameron. I don't know if you know this. Did you did you think that Jay's uh, voice sounds totally different in this song than it has in the past? He's a little bit more muted, I think, if I remember right. I mean, I think it's like flow just sounds really different. And uh, it's... It's... Okay, here... I think part of it's the timbre of his voice. I don't necessarily know how to describe it. Yeah. But I think also his flow is like a lot better in this, in the melodic contour of his uh, of how he raps. Mm-hmm. Um, not just the rhythm, but the contour. But the rhythm is a lot more relaxed. Yeah. Like usually, usually he contrives and like is exactly on the beat. And then when he can't fit the words in, he, he'll just sort of force them in. Um, but this feels like... It's got this like really laid back. Yeah, flow. he's laid back. Um, he's got his mind on his fago and his fago on his mind. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I I think that's a lot of the reason why I really liked this song. There's a lot of other reasons to like yeah. this one. It's also really funny because it's Jay really is telling tall tales the entire time, like Paul Bunyan uh-huh. or something. <laughs> uh, Shaggy even yeah. calls him on it when cl- Jay claims to have fought in the Civil War using a Mac Ten, which is. Like a submachine gun invented in the 1960s. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it's another one of those like uh, those interactions where they're like calling each other yeah. on something, and that is great. Man, they didn't even have that shit back then. And Violent Jay's like, "How are you just gonna come in my shit? How are you just up? gonna come in my shit?" <laughs> is it great? <laughs> <laughs> Ew! I did not yeah. need that mental image. Uh. Um. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, there's there's some good fun wordplay too. He's talking about the Civil War. He says the war ended. I traveled the country horseback until this fool tried to horse jack. <laughs> that's pretty. I like that's yeah. pretty good. I like the the lyric. People want to see me die more than a little bit, <laughs> but I'm a juggalo, <laughs> and as a juggalo, I want my shit. <laughs> I mean, you gotta have your shit, and I ain't gonna die till I get it. Yeah, I like yeah, that yeah. pretty well. I yeah, like the line, uh, "the world the world hates me because of shit like this." They always try to kill me, but mess. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> and he he basically plays the dozens on himself. He says, "And I told you my neck can stretch for miles. I look like something from the X Files." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at the end, I said, "Fago, fuck Mountain Dew." Which is fuck Mountain Dew. That's that's a sentiment we can all get behind. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of things we can all get behind, let's move on to the next song, which is called Bitches. ICP, ODB. That's old dirty bastard who, how much did it You said a swear. I did. You can't swear on the podcast. (laughs) Fuck. Shit. (laughs) Stop. (sighs) I need an Auga sound effect. (laughs) Uh, How much did they pay him to be on this old dirty bastard? Was it like $10,000 or something? I thought it was like 30 grand or something. Maybe it was more. So they they paid this, this rapper. I guess they wanted like high profile rappers on this album. So they got Snoop Dogg. They got old dirty bastard. Um... And, uh, but I guess he just like rambled about bitches. So they had to like spend a week like stitching together this chorus. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he apparently was basically incoherent and totally offbeat. Yeah. <laughs> and ad-libbing everything. Uh, and, and it completely changed the song. It wasn't, this song was not about bitches or called bitches. It was a totally different song. And Jay and Tudup had already laid down their verses. And so they send it to Old Dirty Bastard. And he just doesn't listen to it at all and just starts screaming about bitches all over it and everything. Yeah. And so ICP goes and rewrites it and decides that they're just going to go along with what old Dirty Bastard did. Interesting. Yeah. Well, fuck this song. Basically, this is yep. a song about uh, killing women who are unfaithful to you, uh, mm-hmm. which has been, you know, has been referenced. It was referenced one, like explicitly referenced once, like a couple albums ago in just like a tiny moment in one song. Like it was like worm food or something like that. Uh, or for the maggots, I think was the song, but, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. this, this song is like, that's the entire thing. And, uh, yeah, it's just like really, really hateful. And, uh, I don't really want to talk about it. It made me really yeah. mad. So, yeah, there's this undercurrent in a lot of ICP songs that is rarely expressed so explicitly, but there's a lot of, kind of background um, concepts in their music of antipathy toward women and possessive machismo. And it's all all about men feeling that they're owed sex and that they own women's sexual agency. And it's disgusting. Yeah. And it's very much in the, in the sort of flavor of, um, you know, I bring this up all the time on the show, but like the friend zone, the friend zone, you know, this, this this idea that like hey I tr- I was really good to you, um, and I was like different than other guys, but you you preferred these bad men instead um, of me, even though I'm better, mm-hmm. uh, and so I hate you and I think you're dumb. Um, yeah, that's like uh, and and also the like uh kind of nerd misogyny or like outsider misogyny of like, I'm, I'm not like an alpha male. Um, yeah. You know? And it's like a simultaneous, like, uh, hating alpha males and also wanting to act like one and kind of overcorrecting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like, it just, it just reeks. It just smells bad. It's like a very like, wow, you're not very self-aware. Um, mm-hmm. you don't, realize like how uh fucked up your and like uh your attitude is um so you know i i read this like article after hearing the song in in hopes to like get cheered up a little bit and Mm -hmm. it didn't it didn't really work but it was this like broadly article about um juggalette feminists and Mm. uh yeah it seems like it seems like maybe they have kind of a rough time um, and uh, like they aren't really respected. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd have to read some more articles or read some more. But basically, like, I think there's some sort of like juggalette, juggalette pageant or something. And it used to just be like a lot of the juggalos being like, hey, show us your tits. And yeah. uh, and the jug- the contestants were like, well, what if we're like really good at rapping? And uh you know, actually have talents and like things to offer They're, you know, they're like, they nasty, you know, so they're not like, uh, you know, don't sexualize me, but maybe also see me for these other things. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that, uh, these other valuable, th- as, you know, things that I bring. So, yeah. Yeah. There's a couple lines in here that are inventive, if nothing else. Uh, they're both shaggy lines. He says, we kiss and hug and snug and tickle, but the bitch wouldn't even buff my fucking pickle. Yeah. <laughs> Buffing one's pickle. <laughs> That's, yeah. I... I, I appreciate the like inventive approach to language. Anyway, Let's fuck this on. song. Yeah, fuck Let's this go song. on to the next one. It's called Terrible. Everybody watch that while Oklahoma explodes. 900 good reasons why this world is a chair. That's what it comes for, we're dead! This one is has pretty much zero humor. Yeah. Um but it has some interesting social commentary. Uh Jay and Two Dope are taking aim at fake outrage culture. Uh they mm. criticize, for instance, the people who march to protest Ozzy Osbourne biting the head off a bat while people around them are eating out of trash cans. And the chorus goes, What you know about terrible, you don't know what's terrible. So it's a little bit uh, I don't know if I'd say self-righteous, but it, it feels very like uh, assured, self-assured sure. and making some pretty valid points. Yeah. The country we live in was built by slaves, beat on and murdered and stuffed in their graves. You put a slave owner on the $1 bill. Yep. Yeah. I think yes, one, we of the, did. one of the most interesting lines in here, um, they talk about um, Kurt Cobain killing themselves. Yeah. Um, here it is. I'm trying to decide how much of this I'm going to actually read. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The whole world was crying when Kurt went Cobang. Pretty mm. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> is it? Um, when Easy e died, though, it wasn't no thing. Rapper dies of AIDS, but you hardly mention. Um, rocker blows his face off and becomes a legend. Heroin and a shotgun, a hero is made. Maybe I should do that shit. So Jay can get paid. This is Shaggy rapping. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I felt like pretty moved by that mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, that they like, I, I guess they're like standing, standing up for um, these underrepresented, you know, people who aren't like, you know, kind of, I don't know. Kurt Cobain just always, maybe I'm catch some heat for this, but like he always seemed to me as like kind of a shallow, angsty icon, and like I don't know, I've read, I don't know, maybe there's some like stuff there, but like maybe he was taken that way. I don't know if he himself was. Yeah, but I I at least agree with the idea of like you know insane clown posse like resenting, you know everyone. Uh, mourning his death and like no one appreciating easy so right yeah. yeah um they have some substantive criticism of people who have the rebel flags say yep. in your schools in your parks in your courtrooms in your hearts stood for slavery stood for war stood for hatred but you just go ahead and hang your flag up some more and then there's another voice that breaks in and says don't worry about my goddamn flag boy what's terrible is you damn rappers cursing yeah which is you know, skewers the people who run around waving the flags of the Confederacy. Yes. While uh, self righteously telling people not to curse. Yes. 
which is uh, cursing is obviously much less worse than going to war to defend the right to own people. Nah, cussing's bad, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's um, some there, there's some stuff that they like they talk about like uh the first thing is uh Nancy Kerrigan who I uh was it Tanya Harding had like someone like mm-hmm. uh break her legs or something. Um mm-hmm. so they mentioned that which is, you know, that does suck. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, you know, and then um the uh MJ uh pedophilia and then uh okay nope. okay all right all right i'm gonna get on my fucking soapbox about this one okay because that's bullshit okay i i know i'm I'm kind of going off on a rant here and it's really just a throwaway line in this song but michael jackson was crucified in the media and was the victim of an extremely successful extortion attempt essentially Um, he went to court twice in 1994 and in 2005 and in 1994 GQ magazine published an article called was Michael Jackson framed and there's some pretty compelling evidence to say that "Mm, it seemed like he was because the guy who actually brought the charges was the father of a boy and the boy didn't actually allege anything until after he had been giving a drug called sodium amytal which is supposedly a quote-unquote truth serum, but can actually induce false memories. Right. And more damning still, the boy's father was recorded saying, if I go through with this, I win big time. There's no way that I lose. I've checked that out inside out. I will get everything I want, and they will be totally, they will be destroyed forever. Okay. (laughs) They will be destroyed. June is going to lose Jordy. That's the son. She will have no right to ever see him again. Hmm. And... I'm definitely not an expert in what, ha- I mean, I don't know if I can say for certain, but what I've read, it just seems like dude was crucified and taken apart so thoroughly and so successfully for extortion really. And yep. he had some weird ideas and he kind of was an odd guy who kind of acted like a child and almost was a child in a certain way. Yeah he was a survivor of some really awful abuse from his father and people who survive abuse often end up in what's called repetition compulsion where they try to reenact what happened, but make it okay. Right. Um, so it doesn't really surprise me that he would hang out with kids. Right. Um, and I don't think I've seen like any actual credible evidence that there was anything sexual going on between him and the kids. He was just like, had his childhood stolen from him and maybe he was, yeah. Yeah. I never heard that. Yeah. That's, that's interesting in the, uh, you know, in the age of, uh, me too. And like, yeah, uh, I do like, it's funny because right now there's like a lot of men on social media and a lot of women too saying like, you know, this is really dangerous. Like, this is going to go too far. Uh, and, like, defending some men who are just, like, really obviously guilty. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, like, uh, I get the concept of, like, well, yeah, sometimes people are falsely accused of stuff. I understand that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a tricky needle to thread. Yes. Um, yes, it yeah. is. Anyway, Soapbox... Uh, put away. How about yeah. we talk about the next song, a light-hearted little number yeah. called <laughs> I Stab People. Little kids, I don't give a fuck! I stab the fat guy in the butt. What? 
I'm just Pete Rose. I'm stabbing nipples. Volunteer, I stab people. Maybe somebody can help me. Maybe somebody can help me. So uh, Violent J is finally making a, a an explicit call for help. Um, yes. He's realized that um, his murderous ways um, are wrong, and he realizes that he's crazy. And uh, yeah, his his stabbing is becoming less uh, uh, discriminate, less discerning. He's starting mm-hmm. to stab. Uh, uh, well, you know, he's murdered families before, but, um, you know, he, he stabs his manager, uh, he stabs old people, ladies, little kids, and, uh, yeah, that's that's the whole song. It's not much longer than that clip that you just... Yeah, it's pretty in. short. I wonder, yeah. I wonder if this is like a sort of fig leaf or a metaphor for him to talk about his own struggles with mental health, because the, the chorus is. is like, maybe someone can help me. And it's framed almost like Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm Violent J, I right. stab people. I'm Violent J, and I'm alcoholic. You know, something like yeah. that. Yeah, and, and he's, at the beginning, he's like talking to Jake and Jack, uh, the Jekyll brothers. Um, mm-hmm. No, he says, I'd like to, uh, if it's cool with Jake and Jack, I'd like to address the Juggalos on a, a personal matter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of a weird, yeah, I don't, you might be right that it's about mental health. But uh, I don't know. I didn't particularly like it. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't. It didn't feel very clever to me. It's like hard to like. It's hard to engage with with these songs when they're not like funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some moments in this song that he tries to be funny, but it just more just seems kind of weird. And I stabbed a fat guy in the butt. Okay, well that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> There were some people on song meetings that were theorizing that this is a metaphor for his homosexual tendencies. Oh. Stabbing a guy in the butt? I mean, that's a little bit homoerotic. Yeah, Stabbing him with what is the question? His penis. <laughs> his penicillin. <laughs> his pencil. Uh, anyway. Does he have... A, does, uh, does he have... Is he gay? Is Violent J gay? Violent J? He's married. He, uh, to a woman, that is. Oh. Um, he has kids, so I don't know. So he couldn't, so he couldn't possibly be gay. (laughs) (laughs) I just said, I don't know. (laughs) That's the only salient fact I know about his sexuality is that he's married to a woman. Right. All right. I don't really care, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe he went for dudes before he got married or even still does. You never know these days. Am I right? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I hate this episode. I hate this podcast. <laughs> uh, that makes three of us. Uh, okay. Let's talk about a song called Another Love Song. And hell yeah, I get to synopsize this song. But I'm not excited because this song is good. Because it's not. It sucks. But I'm excited to talk about its history. So okay. buckle up. Here's right. Another Love Song. So let's take a tour back in our time machine to the magical far-off land of 1965. 
a year mm-hmm. in which Bob Dylan wrote a song called It's All Over Now, Baby Blue on his mm-hmm. album Bringing It All Back Home. And it goes a little something like this. Like a fire in the sun Look out, the saints are coming through And it's all over now The following year, in 1966, a band from Belfast called Them, which included a young man named Van Morrison, recorded a cover version of that song that changed the original up a little bit, adding some electric piano and a distinctive bass line. And it goes like this. Fast forward 30 years later, a musician named Beck sampled the cover. Yeah, we're getting there. A musician named Beck sampled the cover version done by them that we just heard and used it as the backing track for his song Jackass from the album Odelay. And I think he adds some extra instruments that he plays or some of his musicians plays, but it goes like this. Glockenspiel. I've been drifting along in the same stale shoes. Loosens. And it's that song, okay. Jackass, that Mikey Clark samples here. And apparently ICP insisted on, uh, well... They, didn't, they, they came to Mikey Clark with this idea that they wanted to record their sort of version of this Beck song. I uh, see. And <laughs> the interesting thing is that the samples that they used from the Beck song were actually cleared with Bob Dylan rather than with Beck or them, <laughs> even though they sampled a, um, uh, a new like cover spin on it. Um, um, yeah. So the, the history of this song is interesting, but the song sucks. It's basically... Yeah, it's- it's yeah, that it's, other song. It's yeah, just it's just how again. yeah, Violent J wants to kill this woman because she supposedly fucked his homies. <sighs> Actually, this is the one when I was telling you earlier about the Willamette Week article written by Walker McMurdo. Uh, he wrote that little paragraph about this album. He also chose a standout song from each album, and this is the one that he chose. <sighs> He's, this is the one he likes the most. He thinks is a standout. He says, this is a hilarious take on Sheryl Crow and Alanis Morissette style alt pop, which I mm. really, really disagree with. Yeah. 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 I don't have anything interesting to say. This is no. definitely like my, well, least or second least favorite song. I don't have a lot of jokes to make about it. That it That is an interesting history behind it. Yeah, um, but it kind of makes me like, I don't know. I think they think it's like, f- I think it. I think they think it's funny. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. I think they they think they're being clever, but I think they're just being like teenage boys. Yeah, um, and I hate teenage boys. <laughs> they're the worst. I, I have to deal with them all the time at work. Uh, you know? Like 
Uh-huh. I don't have any energy for that right yeah. now. The only <laughs> there's only I'm fucking tired of it. <laughs> there's only one good line on this whole song, and when he's he says, "I could love you and treat you with class, and have babies falling all out your ass," which yeah. <laughs> is reveals that a works. pretty interesting uh, understanding of female anatomy. Well, juggalette anatomy. Oh, sorry, juggalette anatomy. <laughs> Juggalettes are not female. They well, they they poop the babies. Oh, no wonder. <laughs> okay, well, enough of that dumb, horrible, bad song. Let's um, talk about a song called "Everybody Rise." Rap rock. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Gotta I, love it. Nope. <laughs> you have to. Uh, I said basi- so. Basically, uh, Jay and Two Dope, they just like spew a lot of hate at um, Beck. Which is weird. Cause yeah. Just... After they use this music. Yeah. Um, at uh, Gene Simmons and uh, Lollapalooza. And um, oh, yeah. So like they, they say that they'll, they're never going to sell out. Um, you know, to Lollapalooza, um, which is funny because they they got hired to play at Woodstock '99, which is a very like notorious, yep, <laughs> concert for being really shitty, um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, but <laughs> some so some people are like, you know, you guys sold sold out by like agreeing to do Woodstock '99, and Violent J's response was like, no, Woodstock '99 sold out for for hiring us. No, no, didn't sell out. The opposite is sold out. <laughs> Makes no uh, sense. They 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 said like you know Woodstock '99 didn't make us change anything, and like we really respect them for having us be just come and be ourselves. Which you know whatever. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, so they like um, yeah, they're just like oh, you know they call out racists and the music industry and corn they call corn faggots i think at some point yeah which was it's apparently a reference to a corn song according to the genius yeah gross so i don't know um michael eisner can suck my dick yeah great he's (laughs) he was the ceo of disney yeah uh, from the 80s i think until the early aughts so they're still sore about uh, oh, what happened, yeah. I guess. Oh, yeah. Their soreness is all over this record. Yeah. Fuck skin color, everybody's blue. Um, I'm assuming they're referring to the fact that uh, they and their fan base are all dead. Uh, maybe they're sad. Or maybe they've just been spraying blue fago everywhere. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> they got the I'm fago blue. blues real bad. <laughs> I should, I should find one of my American primitive guitarist like friends and have them <laughs> write a song called Fago Blues." <laughs> That'd be great. I'd put it in the uh, episode. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Um. um yeah. The, do I have any notes about the arrangement? Yeah. So there's like a bunch of like muted guitar picking and kind of just like obnoxious shouting during the choruses. Yeah. Yeah, and the choruses is just like everybody raised on the east side rise and it's raised with a z i um, can't tell if that is supposed to if that is intentional and a uh, wordplay or if it's just kind of a okay. mistake on the genius if it was intentional it's like kind of cool 
Yeah, that's interesting. Um, but like, I feel like this chorus is not earned. Right. Like, if if the it's like, what do you want them to rise to do? Like, um, just like shit on all of these like people that you have beef with. Like, it just seems so petty, especially like when compared to like their other statements that they've made in the past. Yeah. So maybe they yeah, want them to to rise and jump to the juggalo sound. Yeah. I guess. You got to remember to fuck out of here. If you ain't down with the clown. Yeah. Yeah. This whole album just feels like they're just not very confident. Um, and like insecure. Now that they're yeah. Like, yeah. It just feels very insecure. And like now that they're like super famous and are getting super amounts of criticism, you know, it's like, it's like really a blow to them. And it's, I feel like it kind of undermines, their um confidence in earlier albums because it's like they had nothing to lose you know yeah yeah it's like it's sad um and it's like annoying yep so that's how this song makes me feel yeah Uh, yeah okay i don't really have anything else to say about this song yeah let's go on to the next one it's called play with me You'll pick me again someday. Hey, hey. Someone poisoned the water hole. <laughs> There's a snake in my boots. <laughs> so I'm not the only one who thought of Toy Story. No. <laughs> this song is basically Toy Story 2. There's that there's that subplot where Jesse the cowgirl is abandoned and sings the sad song about being left in a box for years and that's basically what this song is. Yeah. It's about a toy that is left behind in a toy box, which might be a, a callback to the song Toy Box from the Riddle Box album. All right. Um and then it ends with some vague thing about how the toy will play with its owner. Oh no, after 7 years with this sort of like vague menace. And it's really unclear if the, what this song is trying to do. If it's just kind of a straightforward song from the perspective of a toy who is sad that it's left alone, or it could be like a metaphor for sort of friend zone entitlement. Yeah, it feels, it feels like bitches again. Uh, it could be sort of an indictment of consumer culture. There's like uh, the lines from... Shaggy Two Dope, where it's uh, he says, "Boys and girls, fuck that cr- old crusty shit. Come down and get your brand new, ha, shiny, slimy, atomic shithead." Right. Yeah. It could be, but yeah, it feels like, uh, yeah. There's so many references to like him getting cheated on, or left for like other other men. You mean throughout the rest of this album? Throughout the rest of this album, because not on this like, song. Yeah. No. Not yeah. on this one. So, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty unclear. Yeah. Um, As a side note, I can't see or hear the phrase play with me without thinking of Griffin McElroy anymore. (laughs) Play with me. Play with me. (laughs) Play with me in my playhouse. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's very good. I'm just going to rip off. Dude, we can just like make make this show a collage of just various my brother and my brother and me sound samples yeah that is a it is a good show <laughs> it's 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 really good that they don't have to talk about insane clown posse all the time yeah 
Just when they want. Just when they want to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so this next song, are you ready to go on? Yes, the next song is called Jack Jekyll. Of your negativity, he is of your hate. Ha! Meet the other half of the juggling duo. That is your soul. What? The amazing Jack Jekyll. Jekyll. Jack or another J catch one more. They'll try to catch all that's in store for you. How many souls will fall from the sky for you? How many souls burn wondering why? Jack or another J catch one. I think our listeners just went through a wave of deja vu. Yeah, it's the same song, but just with uh, the word um, Jack inserted where Jake used to be. Well, they they also changed their description. Well, yeah, yeah, it's it like is. negativity. It's like the evil uh, evil twin brother. Yeah. So he is of your negativity, etc. Meet the yeah. other half. Yeah. So yeah, it's another but, short short little song. Yeah, it's pretty. It's like. So, so much the same. I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah. It's like they did another intro song. So yeah, basically. Yeah. And it's like, remember there's a concept. (laughs) This album. (laughs) Don't forget. (laughs) Don't forget. High concept lore building. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, next song is called Fuck the World. Fuck the shoot pump. Fuck the real deal and fuck all the fakes. Fuck all 52 states. Ooh. So fuck the world. That's it. That's the entire song. It's in the title. That's all that there is to the song with a few specifics of people that they specifically say fuck you to. And it's this very adolescent rage song. Speaking of teenage boys, uh, which is very disappointing because ICP has had so many interesting things to say about ethics and uh, spirituality or religion and valid criticisms of society and people's hypocrisy. But And yeah. it's just like, here it is where it's just like, fuck you, fuck you too, fuck you and you, fuck all 52 states, uh, which is like one of the only jokes in the song. Um, There's a lot of jokes in this song. Well, I fuck meant chickens, jokes, fuck ducks. I meant jokes that actually work. <laughs> anyway, Jay has it covered because he says, "Don't bother trying to analyze these rhymes." In this song, I say "fuck" ninety three times. Yeah. So it's I guess like that, we don't have to talk about that it. super fun uh, cuss song from Lib Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> so fun! Such a fun band. That's the word I think yeah. of when I think of Limp Biscuit. There's some homophobia question mark in this song fuck the rainforest fuck a forest gump which that's that's a sentiment i can get along with like fuck forest gump then he says you probably <laughs> like it in the rump right so well duh hmm. it's great <laughs> okay uh don't knock until you tried it um <laughs> There is a really funny genius annotation on the line. He says, fuck rulers, kings and queens and gold jewelers, fuck wine coolers. And yeah. the genius annotation says, ICP might have had a deep hatred for wine coolers back in 1999, but I think this line was written because coolers rhymes with jewelers from the last line. Oh, <laughs> thanks, genius. Uh, I, I didn't mind this song. I thought it was kind of funny. Like, what? Just like, 
Yeah, I thought yeah. he was just like, hey, I'm I'm grumpy, and I kind of <laughs> and I thought it was like kind of self aware, and I kind of appreciated it in the context. He's like, oh, I'm so grumpy. It's like the point of this song. Yeah, but um, then at the end. Uh, it ends, he says, and fuck Violent J. And then there's this gunshot sound effect. Yeah. So he commits suicide or something, but doesn't really commit to it or follow up on that in any way. I actually got kind of mad when he said, uh, fuck um, Dionne Warwick, because Dionne Warwick is, like, amazing. Well, of course she <laughs> say is, a yeah. Little, say a Little Prayer is <laughs> way better than any song they've, they'll ever sing. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Dionne Warwick's amazing. They also say right. fuck the Beastie Boys and the Dalai Lama. Oh, did you hear this? That's a weird juxtaposition. Did yeah. you hear the story about um, I did. about that line? Yeah. Well, maybe you can synopsize it instead of me. Because <laughs> you don't want to. just mess it up. <laughs> um, so there was a photo shoot for publicity. I'm uh, summarizing the geniuses right now. They hired a PR firm called Nasty Little Man. And <laughs> they were on a, a photo shoot. And apparently nasty little man had the bc boys as clients and so they came up to icp and was like yo man you need to change this lyric where you said fuck the bc boys and violent jay was super angry and grumpy about his grumpy song because yeah. he was he was still had a, a bad taste in his mouth from the last album where disney forced him to change lyrics on the great malenko and so nasty little man said they're not just clients man they're personal friends and the Beastie Boys had told them to make ICP change the lyric. Wow. And so Violent J got so angry that he, fi- he fired Nasty Little Man and, and made them leave the photo shoot immediately. So yeah. lots of drama surrounding this <laughs> yeah. album. Uh, violent J just needs to be a little less violent on his insides. <laughs> yeah, he needs to be peaceful, J. Yeah, I feel like he's... Placid, he's, J. He's being violent for his own sake instead of like he's missing the point of the Dark Carnival's violence. You know, he's not violent for a higher purpose. And I yeah, think he really suffers for that. Yeah, you you would be the expert, not him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell me about probably one of the more enjoyable, if not the best, songs in the album, which is called "The Shaggy Show." <laughs> Hell, he just served a half a year in the county jail. Uh-huh. Now he's back, but now at least they finally changed in this bitch ass piece. What up, y'all? Uh, the Shaggy Show. Yep. Uh, Shaggy is a talk show host, and um, he like it's a six minute song. <laughs> and it's quite long. He he starts with like this like comedic an- anecdote um, about how he almost gets run over by a. Or he get he gets he gets in a car accident with an old lady, and it's the old lady's fault. And then uh, there's like a commercial break, and then uh, Violent J comes on and talks about his panic attack, and um, talks about getting out of jail and needing to have sex. And mm-hmm. Then there's another uh, commercial break, and then uh, Snoop Dogg appears, and mm-hmm. um, he just sort of asks him, "How do you feel about everyone stealing your flow?" Uh, and Snoop Dogg, uh, you know, just sounds very calm about it, but does yep. say, yes, everyone's trying to steal my flow. And I, I don't know if he's actually mad or not, or if it's just like his flow well, is just like inherently calm. It is inherent. I'm pretty sure it is inherently <laughs> yeah. calm. So he can't be yeah. mad about people stealing his flow. 
I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I'm just going to sing songy the whole time. <laughs> I'm not mad, or am I? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. That sounded more like a bo- bad Bob Dylan impression. Yeah. Hey, I'm Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, it's me, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I don't really like this song. You I don't? Didn't think it was very, I didn't think it was very funny. I don't think it's nearly as good as... Um, okay, so like the Ned End Game, which is not a good song, but the, the flow of it mm-hmm. and the I, I think I think is a lot better like all of the transitions in this song feel super awkward um, they do yeah and uh, yeah it, it just made me annoyed and made me feel like when is this very long end? and uh, this just like felt like really sloppily put together and um, yeah also like it just doesn't make any sense having Shaggy be the um <laughs> <laughs> be the be the main the the host. He's just yeah. he's he's only charismatic as a uh, as sort of like an afterthought or as someone who yeah. chimes in. He's not much and of a straight man. No, not at all. So yeah. like, yeah, I just didn't like enjoy it that well. So. Yeah, I I kind of agree. I do think that the um like game show music is really fun and good. Uh, apparently, they hired yeah. a ska band. Uh-huh. to play this music. <laughs> um, and I also really enjoyed the commercials. I think these these are my favorite commercials. What? This, this is great. Listen to this beans one, this chili. I like my chili hot. As a matter of fact, I like my chili so goddamn hot that you can cook a hog's ass in a spoonful. When a working man such as myself wants a little hot fixing, I'll reach for that bottle of mama's goddamn hot chili. Smooth, tender chunks with chili beans filled with... My- yeah, the, the, whatever actor is doing that is just like chewing the scenery and chewing these words in this really yeah. enjoyable way. He's it, It's kind of like this weird gesture towards uh, what you might call redneck culture, but it's yeah. totally not condemning of rednecks. It's just kind of like having fun with just hot chili and the words it's just like it's it's almost like listening to someone recite poetry smooth tender <laughs> chunks of chili beans filled with mama's hot bastard bacon bits and drizzle with just the right amount of thick savory sauce dripping with noodle nuggets and texas tough onions Mm-mm, that's hot goddamn hot ask for it by name so that's re- that's really enjoyable. I like that was a lot. Was that a sample or was that you? What? Oh shucks! Oh, oh man! You do that a little blush. too well. <laughs> I just love my chili hot goddamn hot beans. You don't like cold chili? Hashtag bean life. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to the next song. It's called Mad Professor. Be a zombie. I could have made a girly friend, but fuck that. I got my girly right here. Yeah. Under the direction of you can call me Mad Professor. I will make a friend for me. Under the direction of you can call me Mad Professor. 
So as we were listening to that sample, uh, I did not get until re-listening that he has a line about he's got his girlfriend right here and then is a kind of awful sound effect of him spanking it. It's a very spletchy sound effect. <laughs> it's really gross. Really off-putting. Um, I'm sorry. I had to put you all through that. I had to. <laughs> you, just, you just went right for it, didn't yeah. you? <laughs> anyway, this song is called Mad Professor. It's another skit song. And this one is about Jay luring people to his house with classified ads for couches and whatnot. And when these people show up, he kills them to use their body parts in a Dr. Frankenstein-style scheme. <laughs> All he wants is to build a friend because he's lonely. He's got a real build-a-friend workshop. And at the end, twist, M. Night Shyamalan, it's revealed that Jay has cobbled together a dude named... Wait for it. <laughs> All right. Shaggy Two Dope. This yeah. is Shaggy's origin story. He's cobbled out of dead people body parts out of with Violent J. Uh, I, uh, I, it, it really like, I think in the last album we were talking about um, the like paternal relationship between Violent J and Shaggy Two Dope. <laughs> yeah. And I think this, this really cements it in the, uh, in the lore and I kind of appreciate it, especially after Jay's origin story of him being, you know, Wolverine origins, like 300 years old yeah. and like he's been through all this sh- stuff and Shaggy's just this like dumb zombie, <laughs> <laughs> but still a better rapper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and apparently he knows that Shaggy is alive when he farts, Shaggy yeah. farts. And he's like, wait a minute, he's alive. Did you hear that? Uh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of I've kind of enjoy some of the playing with words that they do. He makes up some scientific equipment. He says, "Shit, fuck! I'm sawing off an elbow, looking at the meter on my quasar Ziptolo." <laughs> Whatever the fuck that's supposed to be. It's very Callan and Hobbs. Yeah, oh, it is. That's a great transmogrifier. Point. Yeah, well, that's an actual word. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry to ruin your flights of fancy with my facts. If you think about it, Frankenstein was the real monster. Hmm. <laughs> it's almost as if... Nah. Uh, I do like how this one, it samples old horror movie music and actually dialogue from old horror films. So I once, I once mansplained that to Mary Shelley. You know, Mary Shelley, in your book, <laughs> if you really think about it, Miss Mary. <laughs> Miss Ma- Miss Mary. Uh, okay. You done? Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else we have to say about this song? <laughs> I'm running it's out of pretty, steam. It, it's pretty, you know, yeah, me too. It's pretty annoying, man. Uh, the, like, you call, you can call me Mad Professor in the chorus. Like, that voice is just, like, pretty grating and, like... Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it's just, like, sonically unpleasant and... Yeah. Yeah. Having, having less and less fun running out of steam. All right. Well... Let's finish big with the last couple songs. First up yeah, of the big. last three, big finish. It's called Assassins. Car keys, quiet and said, please. She promised nothing, tell her, give me A's and B's. I said, I want your money, bitch, and all I can sell. Now nah. I looked into her eyes and she was scared as hell. I knew she was a snitch, so I cut off her tongue. Got happy with the trigger, now I'm on the run. And And before you synopsize it, did you know this is a cover song? No. It's a song 
from 1990 by a band called Ghetto Boys, and I'll play you a clip mm. of the original. Yeah, so this this whole song is just about yeah, like being violent against women. Uh and the second verse, I don't know if this is in the original. Did you listen to the entire original? Uh I don't know if I listened to all of it, but I looked at the lyrics. Is it the same? They changed the lyrics a lot actually. I this this verse too, the the second verse is like just so offensive to me. This is probably like the worst part in like the whole album. Um, but, uh, uh, such a drag. Uh, basically he's like driving drunk on the freeway and he sees a hitchhiker and he wants to have sex with her. So he picks her up and then they, um, have sex and then she reveals that she's a prostitute and she's expecting to get paid. And so he tries to kill her and, um, and then, uh, she says, oh, by the way, I have AIDS and, uh, and then she runs away, and then um, him and his friends kill her. And uh, yeah, that's the uh, that's the rest of the song. Yeah, it's just like a really ugly, uh, hateful song. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel flippant. It feels like kind of honest um, in the delivery, and uh, it's interesting that it's a cover song. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I was really. After the Great Malenko, I was really hoping that like there were some signs that things were going to kind of swing the other way, and now I'm not so sure. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And I don't, I don't want to make a podcast where I'm just bummed out all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It really makes our our bummed out moments with Garth seem like child's play. Oh, it's really yeah, making so, me appreciate so light. Even his like mediocre music. It's just like. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let's pick up the pace and just get this over with. Um, yeah, and then there's a Jerky Boys sketch. Yeah, yeah, it's boring. Yeah, we the Jerky Boys. You you made a joke about them, but they're at, like earlier on in an earlier yeah. episode. But they're actually in this a few times, and yeah. uh, it's pretty annoying. Yep, yep. And the second to last song is called Echo Side. Out the back entrance of hell, but with nowhere else to hide. It's just a tomb resting in the echo side. So this is a song I was referring to earlier when I said there's a song that has basically no flow at all. It's not, I don't even think you could describe what these guys are doing as rapping. They're just kind of reciting these rhymed lines with each other um that said this song is actually not unpleasant to listen to (laughs) the the chorus is like kind of catchy and uh pleasant um but it's really unclear what the hell is going on in this song and what exactly the echo side is there's a lot of satanic hell imagery present and there's this story about a dude named damien but it's really unclear what happens. I think maybe he tries to escape hell and then goes on a journey and finally just ends up in hell again. 
I think, but it's really unclear. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so, so the examples of some of the bad poetry that they're saying is Damien called for many hours in puddles of blood. He lay tortured by everything he saw, yet wishing along the way. His arms decayed and fell off his body as he rolled along the floor, still trying not to look back as if something else were in store. And I know that sounds like the way that we read ICP lyrics in general, but yeah. trust me that that's basically how they say it. They don't really have a flow or yeah. any kind of rapidity rap <laughs> rap rhymes to them. Uh, moving on. <laughs> oh, I, I just, there is one tiny side note. Uh, this song features an appearance. Too late. <laughs> last song. Get it over with. It's called nothing's left. Uh, I tried so hard and got so far, oh God. but in the end, doesn't even matter. Uh, why'd you have to go there? My point of reference was the book of Ecclesiastes. I had to fall to lose it uh, all. <laughs> there's nothing new Bible. under the sun. This is my scripture. Nor the race to the swift, nor the <laughs> battle the to the end, strong, but time and chance happen to them all. It's so unreal. Didn't look out below. Watch the time go oh. right out the window. Trying okay. to hold on, but you didn't even know. Don't, Wasted it all just to watch you go. Don't make me mute you. Or overlay various sound effects over you. But, but what if I? But what if I keep everything inside? And even though I try, it all falls apart. <laughs> That's me leaving. Okay, bye. <laughs> Apparently, I got in a car crash. <laughs> Uh, the band bus got in a car crash. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all of our gongs and trombones are ruined. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck your glockenspiel and cello. Yeah. Uh, there's like a, a capital H he in this. There's no planet that he ain't turned. Yeah. We talk about God in the, uh, in the capital way. Actually, actually that brings me up something from the last song, which you forced me along too quickly because there are some in the, in the chorus, there are backwards lines that Jay says, um, they, he says some lines and they flip the sound around and that's part of the urban legend of turning rock singles backwards. So you can hear satanic messages coming out of them. But what Jay is actually saying in the last song is fuck the devil. Fuck that shit. We believe in life legit. If you're hearing what we mm. say, why you throw your soul away? And mm. I think mm, that powerful. Well, <laughs> okay. Uh, you're being a hater, but this does add fuel to the fire of the ICP or secret Christians idea, which oh my God. I don't think we've talked about yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I could kind of see that. Um, here's a line. There's no feet. That no one can. <laughs> I don't know if you got that lyric. It's F-E-A-T. <laughs> uh, Did I hear someone talk about our band? Right. The Fetals. <laughs> that was the band that we used to play in when we were babies back in Liverpool. The, the Fetal Beatles. <laughs> Damn straight. 
Uh, I used to play I, the umbilical cord. I stretched it really? tight and plucked it like a string. Mm. Can you just take my place on the podcast? <laughs> Which one are you again? <laughs> I just want to go to bed. I'm Cameron. Banjos. <laughs> All time music. Uh, I don't know. Do we have anything else to say about this song? No, dude. No. Okay, well. Uh, I'm just like so demoralized. I almost don't even want to go anywhere else like the Amazon. There's nothing yeah. There's nothing on the Amazon to go to. Nothing interesting. I'm sorry. I feel like you were higher energy like before I started and I just like really dragged you down. <laughs> no, Cameron. Like when this I, album dragged us both down. It's, it's like, have you ever been a, um, a lifeguard? No, I've been a death guard. Okay. Trying to make sure none of those fucking corpses come back from the dead. (laughs) Watching over them with a Uh, stake. It's just at every cemetery, cemetery, there's a death guard. Yes. (laughs) With a gun. (laughs) With silver bullets. It's it's just like a bunch of teenagers. (laughs) It's just like on their phones. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Uh, Letting a bunch of zombies come back to life. (laughs) Negligence. Um but uh, they talk about like you know when you like try to save a drowning victim, they might kill you. <laughs> oh Jesus, really? <laughs> yeah, I got explicit permission at Christian camp as a lifeguard uh, to punch kids if they try to kill me. <laughs> oh my god! You think <laughs> like that would go I'm without to saying? Save them- <laughs> <laughs> self-defense uh no i got explicit permission at uh twin rocks friends camp um to uh, ask for it by if, name yeah <laughs> uh if i got explicit permission there to if they if they're trying to bring you down while you're trying to save them go ahead and just like back up and let them actually pass out and then save them <laughs> Do, would, i don't know if that's i don't know if that's legitimate lifeguarding or not but would you say that you had a license to kill yeah, basically. <laughs> I was mad with power. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, so there's nothing in the Amazon to go to. There are no geniuses of the genius for reasons explicated in the last episode. There's a few song meanies. Um, this last song that we were just talking about, which is called Nothing's Left, uh, a solo insect writes, this is a great song. My mom even likes it, which kind of scares me. <laughs> <laughs> you know my mom's actually kind of cool kind of kind of a cool mom <sighs> okay well listener my mom's my mom is not down with the clown oh yes yes <laughs> you've still got time to save yeah. her before <laughs> so we can be together in shangri-la <laughs> save her eternal soul <laughs> yeah uh, okay sip and fago so, listener, you can check us out online at boxset.website. Um, that's the share hub. Share this episode with your friends. Uh, I mean, if you want, <laughs> if you're a masochist and you hate your friends, and they're not really your friends, and they're actually your enemies, um, you can email us at email at boxset.website or tweet us at totebspodcast. Um, one thing that would be really nice if you get a second is just write us a review on iTunes. You don't even have to write a review. Just you know, click on the star rating. Uh, that can really help us spread ourselves around, so to speak. Give us the stars. We're like Mario twins. Gotta, give them. We gotta give us the stars. I like that you said Mario East Coast style. Um, 
And <laughs> my bo- my boss says Mario Brothers. I love <laughs> that. Laugh every time. It makes sense from an etymological standpoint because it's the male masculine form of Mary. Oh yeah, that never occurred to Maria, me. Maria, Mario, and uh, <laughs> the Virgin Mario. The Virgin Mario. <laughs> Stay out! I got my nuts. <laughs> Offensive Italian Italian stereotype of voice. Uh, uh. Okay. Um, the other thing you could do to support us is share this show, uh, spread the word, tell people about it, get those listener numbers up, especially if you live in North Dakota, Arkansas, or Montana. Those are the only three remaining states before we have conquered the entire country. Ooh, We're it's close. Like we have one of those fifth, one of those uh, fifty quarters maps. Yeah, all fifty-two <laughs> states. Yeah, um, and. If you want to support us even more directly, you can go to our Patreon, support.boxset.website, or you can buy some merchandise, store.boxset.website, get those cowboy baby t-shirts. And actually, you know what? I haven't mentioned this in a while, and we've gotten some new listeners since, but uh, you could check out our pals at Beyond the Box Set, which is a British podcast where they pitch movie sequels at each other. It's pretty entertaining. I recommend it. Uh, They're just pitching these hilarious sequels and goofs at each other. Um, like the first episode, if you start from the very beginning is Titanic's two as a stoner comedy. So, uh, check that out. If you want, we're going to send some of our listeners their, uh, their way. <sighs> and until the first half of the next album, which is called bizarre and bizarre, but we'll only be listening to bizarre next week. Okay. <laughs> until then, in this episode, I'm Nathan Hunt, and in this episode, I said fuck 93 times. Uh, I'm Cameron DeWitt, and fuck Mountain Dew 93 times. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd get some chafing if I did that. I don't know if I want to. I'm Nathan Hunt, and I have babies falling all out my ass. <laughs> uh, I'm Cameron DeWitt. Fuck chickens. Fuck ducks. <laughs> You're just drawing from that one song. I'm Nathan Hunt, and I'm tired of referencing this album that I don't like very much. Say something. Something, something in the way. On the way. He moves. On the way. Let's send me on my way. Send me on my send, way. Send me on my way. That's all they say about the young. Pink pajamas with penguins on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to abuse our new sound effect power. <laughs> uh, any any time like you just stop talking for a second, or like if I'm like saying something serious, I just I'm just gonna know that you're like scrolling through. <laughs> it's gonna completely ruin my trust in you. I could do something like, <laughs> yeah, just give me that one next time you start reading line breaks, <laughs> or maybe, ooh, sexy. Barry White, where did you come from? <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. Nathan. You 
ready hey, to listen girl. to some ICP? Let's <laughs> listen to some ICP, girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a, common, it's a common misconception that Barry White actually sings low. He doesn't sing that low. He doesn't? No, he just has a super resonant voice. But I, he sings in like a mid-baritone range. I'm sure he can sing low, but he just has a... It's like, it's, you know, he's like a guitar with the bass knob turned all the way up. Hmm. You, you know what I mean? As opposed bass to knob? a bass guitar. But I don't think the actual, f- the the fundamental note of, you know, um, that he's singing, I don't think is actually that low. Okay. Most of the time. <laughs> Like that? Uh, can we please get started? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is way too much goddamn fun. Uh, for me, not for you. Yeah, you're right. It is too much fun for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, power to abuse. Okay. Mm-hmm.